Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Delighted to be back with you again this week. And this week we have as our guest a frequent visitor to our program, Dale Falwell, who is the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina, having been elected in, uh, on uh, November the 8th, 2016. And uh, so you've been in office now just about uh, three years. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, the state treasurer's office, as we will set the stage, does a number of things for North Carolina, but uh, one of the primary functions is is managing the $90 billion pension investments for more than 950,000 teachers, firefighters, and public employees, and also the state health plan is a division of the Department of State Treasury. And, of course, all the borrowed monies that we do and so forth. It's a big job. It's a big job. Well, it is. As uh, Charles Heatherly said in the book Keeper of the Public Purse about former treasurer Harlan Bowles, who you and many of your listeners are familiar with, not only probably the best state treasurer in North Carolina history, but the best state treasurer of the 20th century in the United States. Uh, the state treasurer has more constitutional respons- and statutory duties and responsibilities than any other elected person in the state except for the governor. And uh, I asked Charles one time about the governor comment. He said, well, that had to do with the governor having command of the National Guard. And But as you said, as the keeper of the public purse, we manage the 25th largest pool of public money in the world. The pension plan is now over $100 billion, not $90 billion. Uh, we're paying out $750 million every 30 days for health care and pension benefits. And the total amount of our responsibilities at the treasurer's office is eight times as large as the state budget. Eight times. So now, uh, do you sign every one of those checks personally, or do you just – just yours. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to check. Check's in the mail. The, the check is in the mail. I've heard that before. In fact, I've even maybe used it once or twice. Okay. Not recently. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, first of all, the, the pension investments for the state of North Carolina, which is, as you said, has now grown to $100 million. And uh, yet, it's still a little unfunded, isn't it, for a long range? It is. It's $100 billion. $100 billion. Uh, yeah. Did I say a billion? Well, what's a couple of billion dollars, <clears throat> yeah. friends? Um, it, it is under, it's one of the best-funded pension plans in the United States. So let me I'll make sure we reduce all the anxiety among our pensioners who are listening to your program. Uh, but it has some headwinds. Um, the reason is is that, A, um, the only way that this plan perks, so to speak, is if it money goes in every 30 days by the employee and the employer, but the money has to grow at a certain assumed rate of return we have not achieved that on average in 21 years. So and that uh, that rate, in all honesty, was set back when <clears throat> interest rates were higher, and mm-hmm. so uh, things like bonds and so forth were paying more than they're right. paying now. And right. so that's that that probably needs to be adjusted, doesn't it? Well, yes, and I, I'm I'm the first treasurer to adjust it in the last few decades. And but the reason, and this is a really perverse thing, is perversely as we talk on the show about these esoteric issues uh, that your listeners will hear this week the better funded your pension plan is the harder it is to do the right thing by lowering the assumed rate of return because that means you have to fund more yes so uh, these plans around the country that are 35 40 percent funded they're lowering their assumed rate of return but they're they weren't funding it to start with so this is one of those levers, like uh, in the agrarian world, we all know that there's some levers you barely pull on, and they, 
you got to be really careful with them. This is one of these levers that we barely adjust because every time that we lower the assumed rate of return to a more realistic rate, uh, the state has to come up with more money for the state employees. But more importantly, the cities and the counties had to come up with more money. And ultimately, the cities and counties have nowhere to go except to property taxes to find that those need for those for those increased revenues. So we've lowered it to 7% assumed rate of return. We just got our 20-year number in. It's uh, 6%. So anytime you miss a number by that amount over a 21-year period of time on $100 billion, it results in the premise of your question, Don, which was the unfunded liability is about $12 billion just on the pension plan. And that's one of the five best in the United States. Just imagine if you were interviewing the treasurer from South Carolina or Alabama or Kentucky where their pension plans are 61, 55, and 33% funded accordingly. So, you know, this is not our problem. We've got enough problems on our own. But those other states, if uh, when the bell rings and they have to pay out, what are they going to do? Just raise their current budget or something to yeah. cover? Well, you know, these these are obligations. And, and uh, more in addition to the concern that you just brought up about, like, how are they going to write checks to these individuals, is another concern is how do you invest money? When you're 33% funded, and so the dollar you're taking into the plan today may have to be paid out in four years from now, <clears throat> how do you actually do long-term uh, uh, investing yeah. for 10 or 12-year period of time? So these are major challenges, and it's the reason that Warren Buffett said 16 weeks ago that the unfunded pension and health care liabilities, uh, any company is thinking about relocating it, better look at what the liabilities are of the state and the community they're going to. Because as Warren Buffett has said, and now you are saying, as the sage of Raleigh, he's the sage <laughs> of Omaha, uh, as the sage of Raleigh, that these bills will ultimately be have to be paid. And Buffett's saying, he's admonishing people, you better look at what these liabilities are before you relocate your business into some of these other states and communities. Well, yeah, and that should help us in industrial recruiting because we are, like you said, in the top five. Well, exactly. And, uh, and you know, as you've told your listeners in the past, uh, at one point over the last several years, I was the Assistant Secretary of Commerce in charge of uh, reforming the unemployment system. And <clears throat> that was a, a fantastic success. But it doesn't matter if it's this governor or the previous governor this Commerce Secretary, the previous Commerce Secretary, I've asked them, I've educated every one of those folks about this is a plus for North Carolina. This is something that you need to be discussing if you're going out and pitching business. Because when Warren Buffett says it, Standard Poor says it, the rating agencies say it, Pew Research says it, uh, you better know that these companies are looking at these kinds of issues, and this is something that we should be able to use at a competitive economic recruitment advantage for North Carolinians. Now, uh, of course, the Fed is is actually lowering it, their uh, interest rate uh, for, for, I guess, what it used to be called prime interest. I'm not sure that's a, a word that anybody uses much anymore, but the, their rate. At, but the problem with that is uh, when you are investing – uh, that also means that bonds are going to come down, too. So we can borrow at a lower rate, but we also earn a lower rate on bonds. Well, you use the word uh, prime rate, and we use a lot of words on our show uh, together that people haven't heard for a while. So <laughs> that's just another one of those. Uh, 
And, you know, to take us back in time, uh, one of Paul Simon's earliest albums you might remember was called Kodachrome. Yeah. And there was a song on that album called One Man's Ceiling is Another Man's Floor. And if you remember the the uh, the album cover, it actually had a chair glued to a floor and a chair on top of it. So one man's ceiling is another man's floor. And going back to your point that lower interest rates are great for economic activity, ec- economic vitality, p- uh, um, home ownership, people to be able to purchase homes, all the other things they need to live their life. But as the recent New York Times reported, it is it is a real big has a real big impact on the pension plan, not of just in North Carolina, but around the world. This is a major major challenge coming forward. Well, it, uh, you know the interesting thing is by, because we have such magnificent abilities to look at these things in the future because of the computer programs we have. This is something we know about, and uh, but it's just something I guess that most legislators just want to say, well, I don't have a solution, so let's just kick the can down the road just a bit further and let somebody else worry about it. Yeah, but unfortunately this can, not just the pension, but the health care, this can is now the size of the USS North Carolina, and uh, we can go kick it all day long, but it's not going to budge. So uh, what, what are your ideas for a solution for this? Well, we've tried over the last couple of years at the Treasurer's Office to put forth some common sense uh, ideas on things that we can do as far as the pension plan is concerned. Uh, unfortunately, those ideas were vetoed by the governor, and that veto was not overridden. Uh, we just got some things inside the plan that we need to clean up. Uh, one thing that was not in that bill, but maybe I'll just share it with your, uh, with your listeners, you can actually retire and and a name a an, an annuitant a surviving annuitant who's one year old as your surviving annuitant in this pension plan so if you're a female and you're one year old your life expectancy is about 88 years that means this pension plan is going to be paying out this benefit for 88 years it'll pay out for the lifetime of the retiree and then the lifetime of that annuitant the challenge with that is the actuarial tables don't go out 88 years. Number one, we haven't hit our assumed rate of return in 21 years. We're not going to hit it for another 21 years. Uh, and so my point of saying that is that we have tried over the last two years to bring forth common sense solutions to try to tighten up some of these issues. And the bill that I mentioned that was vetoed by the governor uh, was actually supported by the State Employees Association of North Carolina. So uh, it's ironic that the treasurer of North Carolina, along with the State Employees Association of North Carolina, <clears throat> has come out in favor of trying to do some common sense things to tighten up this pension plan. And the reason that I'm doing that is that, is that I have made a promise to sustain this plan for the next generation of public service workers. And I'm trying as hard as we can, since we don't control the stock market or the bond market or the interest rate market, just trying as hard as we can to make sure that we don't end up like one of these other states that your listeners hear about all the time. What was the governor's concern in vetoing the bill? Uh, well, you had to ask him. His concern was that we were taking benefits away. And But the, my answer to this is this. If I owe you a $100 bill, if I owe you $100, do you care if I give you a hundred dollar bill, two fifties, or five twenties? You don't. Yeah. So all the benefits of the joint survivor, the hundred percent maximum, the fifty percent survivor, all those benefits stay in place. But we had some benefit structures inside this these uh, withdrawal options that are bad for the participant in one particular case, 
and bad for the plan in another case, and we were just trying to clean some of that stuff up. Our guest is Dale Falwell, and we'll be back with another segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. Welcome to today's lottery drawing. And today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering it. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This year, the North Carolina Guardian Ad Litem Program is celebrating its 25th anniversary of being a voice for children who are victims of child abuse and neglect. The Guardian Ad Litem Program provides trained, independent advocates to represent abused and neglected children in court proceedings and to help make sure they have a safe, permanent home, what every child needs. Volunteerism is the cornerstone of the Guardian Ad Litem Program, and volunteers are needed. If you have just a few hours each month to rise to the challenge and volunteer, please call 1-800-982-4041 or visit ncgal.org. Volunteer for the Guardian Ad Litem Program. Be the voice for a child. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, Dale Falwell, who is the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina. And uh, we have talked about the uh, state pension plan, but uh, one of the other things that is so much in the news as uh, recently has been the state health plan, which also is a responsibility of the Office of Treasurer. Uh, where are we on that? What, what's the latest? Well, <clears throat> the health plan, unlike the pension plan, is one of the most insolvent in the United States. As a matter of fact, according to Pew Research, its insolvency ranks us right behind the state of Illinois. And the reason is, unlike the pension plan, on the health plan, uh, we have obligations for people to be eligible for lifetime health care as retirees, but no money has ever been put aside for that purpose. You can make that same sentence you could say that same sentence about the pension plan, but as I've, we've told your listeners before, every month money goes into the pension plan on their behalf and the money grows. Uh, that same obligation on the health care side exists, except no money's ever been put aside. So uh, what we attempted to do last year is to introduce clear pricing so that we could get rid of secret hospital contracts so that we could push the power to the consumer so that the result of those two things, I absolutely am convinced we're going to lower health care costs for state employees. To personalize this just for a moment, this is a big deal. We have beginning teachers, beginning troopers, and other state employees who have to work one week out of the work month this year to pay the family premium. And some of them are taking second jobs just to pay the, second, the family premium. So this is not the family premium associated with Honda Winston-Salem, where I used to work, or for Scythe Garbage Service. This is not the family premium associated with a small employer with 25 employees. This is the family premium associated with the largest purchaser of health care in North Carolina that has almost as many participants in it as the number of people who work for these three companies combined. J.P. Morgan, the bank, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, and Amazon. That is the size of the buying power in this plan, and it's inexcusable that the largest purchaser of health care and prescription drugs in this state cannot do it better and cheaper on behalf of those that we have the loyalty and duty of care to. So uh, what's, what's next? 
Well, what's next is is that uh, we were boycotted even at, uh, by all the major hospitals across North Carolina. And as I have said many times before, these are cartel-like activities. And some people really uh, take offense to the use of that, that sentence. But if you, you know, when you're faced with anxiety and uncertainty, maybe the two places we should go are to the Bible and the Webster's Dictionary. There's nothing about cartel in the Bible, but in the Webster's Dictionary it says a cartel is an association that is formed to restrict competition and or raise prices. So when you have all the major hospitals in North Carolina, after being offered 100% profit on average, some of these hospitals who boycotted us stood to make millions more in income. When you have them boycotting the state health plan, that is a very serious matter. So what we have done for next year, if we've taken the 26,000 providers who said yes, like Raleigh Orthopedics, <coughs> like ECU physicians, like uh, Tryon Medical down in Charlotte, 26,000 providers have said yes and said, we joined the treasurer's office, the state health plan. We don't want to be a part of secret contracts. We don't mind telling people what things are going to cost when they come into our facility. We're going to help the treasurer's office lower health care costs because these folks know that this is unsustainable <coughs> going forward. At the end of the day, uh, because of the boycott, we had to accept all the secret contracts, all the higher prices associated with the hospitals, and therefore we're going to have an accessible, fully accessible health care network for our state employees next year, but we're not giving up. Well, uh, health care, of course, is everyone's uh, major concern, not only the state employees, which you look after, but, of course, private employers as well, and health care costs just keeps going up. <coughs> Uh, another thing, and of course this is not under your uh, uh, direct uh, responsibility, mm -hmm. but uh, the other major concern that uh, is in the news these days, and you might want to comment on it, even though it's not something you necessarily <coughs> are directly involved with, and that is the uh, huge amount of student debt on uh, education and the rising cost of education, which funds that. It is a financial time bomb, and it's not a matter of if, but when. Um, if, when you look at the statistics of the people who are close to my age who have this issue with student debt, it's absolutely remarkable. And it's not just the tuition. It's the books. It's the rent. It's the lodging. It's all the student fees. It's everything that's wrapped up in the student debt. So these are, these are very, very uh, uh, serious issues going forward, and that's why uh, as Keeper of the Public Purse, we – are making sure that we're doing everything we can with the responsibilities that we have for the pension, the health care, and the financial solvency of North Carolina. So now on the good news side, uh, uh, borrowing money is, is uh, apparently for the foreseeable future is going to be relatively still a bargain. It is. Uh, we just issued $600 million worth of debt last week, what we call general obligation bonds. Uh, you know, Nobody likes to borrow money, um, but if, if there's a need to borrow money, and more importantly, if the voters have approved it, since they're the ones that are going to be asked to pay for it, which was the case in, in the general obligation bonds, it was called Connect NC. Uh, so that was a $2 billion bond offering for uh, universities, community colleges, and the National Guard, and, and parks, and other types of entities across North Carolina. So <clears throat> we issued $600 million worth of those bonds last week. 
Uh, we only issue the bonds when the projects are actually ready. Uh, and um, so we were able to do uh, $600 million worth of bond issuance for less than 2% and over a 20-year period of time. So that's a fantastic interest rate. And uh, it's the result of the credit quality that North Carolina has. And uh, we look forward to uh, to doing this as necessary and as approved by the voters. Are we able to replace some of our more expensive bonds with lesser bonds now? Uh, when we, we borrow? We take every opportunity to do that. And there's a, a term called MPV, which is net present value. So we're we're constantly taking your question, and we're, uh, so to speak, we're pouring all of our bonds, all of the debt that North Carolina has outstanding. We're constantly pouring it through that filter, that net present value, to determine if there's any savings. And uh, if it's a penny or a paper clip, we're very serious about saving money at the Treasurer's Office. And the last one or two of these that we've done, Don, have resulted in tens of millions of dollars in interest savings. Uh, the Charlotte Airport, a year and a half or two years ago, did a refinancing at the Charlotte Airport. Uh, we informed the Charlotte Airport that they had an unfunded pension health care liability. They were actually able to s- take some of the money from the interest savings and completely pay off all their unfunded pension health care liabilities. So these lower interest rates are very bad for the returns of the pension plan, but it gives some people an opportunity to refinance at lower interest rates. and. For your listeners whose eyes may be glazed over right now, I hope they're not driving when that, while that's occurring. <laughs> but for your listeners, this is, this is not complicated. This is exactly like you would do as an individual if you had a 6% mortgage and somebody offered you a 4% mortgage. It just has to do with more billions of dollars. Now, one of the things that happens in North Carolina as we look ahead at transportation needs is we kind of know where we're going to need to buy rights-of-way and so forth, and even though those rights of way might not be used for several years, is it wise to go ahead and buy at today's prices rather than wait and pay? And since interest rates are low, or is this just uh, uh, an unnecessary use of public money? Well, there's it's a it's a delicate balance. Um, obviously, buying right away and procuring land to build roads is not as easy as it used to be, especially with the growth of North Carolina uh, and some of the issues and some of the the court actions that uh, that the government has to to go through in order to m- make some of these projects work. So it, as as you say, um, it, it's a really fine balance. It's in the investment management business, you raise money when you can, not when you need it. <laughs> um, and but in the debt business, you 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 raise the money when you need it because paying <coughs> interest on debt uh, that you um, that you're not quite ready to use yet is a is not something that we ever forecast for. Well, uh, the uh, uh, and of course, also in the news recently was the fact that the uh, transportation department is putting off some projects. Uh, those are going to cost more uh, by putting them off. Is it wise to go ahead and borrow the money and do them now? I have. Uh, I didn't bring that schedule with me, but I believe I've ish- given the north carolina department of transportation more hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars in my two years as the state treasurer than any previous treasurer in north carolina history uh the issues that the north carolina department of transportation are going to be more uh flushed out over the next few weeks but uh this is a serious matter when you are uh have been giving billions hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to do uh, road projects and now you say that you're out of money 
and uh, it's something that's going to be looked into very closely. Now, we also have uh, the so-called rainy day fund, which has been more closely identified with bad weather, but it is also a, a fund that is supposed to uh, take care of blips in the economy. It's not just for bad weather, but we have been taxed with bad weather recently, uh, especially uh, the year before this, and uh, this year's flood wasn't as bad as it could have been. But uh, do we have enough in that rainy day fund to take care of our needs? Well, you know, often in government, uh, people uh, put labels on things, and it's kind of confusing. For example, we talked about the bonds earlier, and that was actually the Connect NC bonds, but yeah. it had nothing to do with roads. It had to do with construction. Yeah. And then there were some bonds that the General Assembly approved last year called Build NC, which had nothing to do with – you would think that had something to do with building – it, but it's building roads, not the Connect. So – to your point, the rainy day fund is appropriately named <laughs> because Lord knows it's rained in, in many parts of North Carolina over the last two years. And so uh, we have one of the strongest rainy day funds in the United States, but it's been depleted over the last several years because of the rain. And I hope that the General Assembly will take an enormous part of the budget surplus and replenish the rainy day fund. Let's uh, move to some things that are a little bit more fun to talk about. One is the unclaimed cash uh that is in your office that belongs to the people and you're sort of holding it waiting for somebody to claim it and uh, we talk about this all the time and people from time to time do uh, uh, listen and check out and find out yes indeed I've got some money that owed me for various and sundry reasons sometimes it's a, an interest check that uh, the the address was wrong and sometimes it can be a number of things so where does all of this unclaimed cash come from uh, some of the sources it comes from uh, a, a final paycheck that somebody sent to you and you never received. It can come from last year we gave $600,000 to a lady who was the beneficiary of a life insurance policy and no one ever told her about it. And uh, it can come from all kinds of places, a dividend check from an electric co-op, a bank account that somebody opened for you when you were a child and, it, and you know the, the accounts didn't follow the addresses as you grew up and moved. We have $700 million sitting in NC Cash, and thanks to the hard work of uh, Brenda Williams and, and Alan Martin and their team, we now have a, a new revamped website. The first time in over 25 years that this website's been improved, I guess. And um, so people can go to nccash.com, and if they don't see my face at the top left, they're probably on a website of a uh, an unclaimed property website that tries to charge them a fee to collect this money. We don't charge people a fee. So they go to nccash.com. Uh, every time that we mention this on the show, by the way, uh, you know somebody either comes up to you or Jason or myself and says, hey, I heard you on the Don Curtis show, and I went to nccash.com, and Lord knows, lo and behold, I had $693 sitting there that I didn't know about. So it's a very important thing. There's $700 million worth of cash securities and assets. There's also, some other things like baby teeth, silver teeth, gold teeth, false teeth. I'm putting those in order of our age here. So, <laughs> And the reason is is that all the abandoned lockboxes of North Carolina end up at the treasurer's office. And uh, you know what your parents used to put in lockboxes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, think about all that ending up at the treasurer's office. So we have lots of things at the treasurer's office, but mainly it's stocks and, and, and securities and cash. Over a million dollars worth of unclaimed property that belongs to 
churches across North Carolina, over a million bucks. Uh, <clears throat> we had, I think, 16 hospices that had money and unclaimed cash. Uh, you know, a dozen or so habitats that had unclaimed cash. Many of other uh, nonprofit entities. So people can go to nccash.com and they can see if they have any money. And if you have an unusual name like Falwell, you don't have to put it in a city. If you have a uh, usual name like Curtis, you probably need to put it in the city. Every state has one. And finally, uh, put in your spouse's name, put in your parents' names, put in your kids' names. We have more records of things that belong to people than we have citizens in North Carolina, so that your chances are good. Well, Dale, thank you so much. Dale Falwell, our North Carolina State Treasurer, and thank you for being so frank and uh, discussing the issues that are of concern to everyone. The program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us again next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina. And again, you can get more information on carolinanewsmakers.com. Till next week, same time, same station. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.